Blog Talk Radio. Keep on talking. Cause that's all you'll ever do. And we'll keep walking. Until our journey's through. You're a coward and a fake. Your bitter lies just so no way. We'll walk the walk and always prove you wrong. So keep on talking. Wide Men Can't Jump. If you're wondering who that was, that right there, the official intro song of this week, belongs to my buddy Sheldon Vance off his new record, Logan County Rejects, which is due out March 30th. I got a little preview of that. At the end of the show, we're going to plug him again, and we're going to have that entire song up for you to listen to. Sheldon Vance, great guy, good friend of mine, great music. Check him out. I'm joined by my co-host this week, Tom Robinson, Mr. T.R. Shock himself, the Philadelphia man. What's up, T.R.? It's Wide Men Can't Jump flagship show. It's Wednesday. Get hyped. Yowza, yowza, yowza. Yeah, we're here. We're on uh, blogtalkradio.com. Now, we made the move. This is the official move. This is the first week. First, uh, we've you know we had a, a show earlier in the week. Uh, Tim did a hockey show. I jumped on there and talked about some crazy stuff. But uh, this is the flagship yeah, really every did. Wednesday. Yeah, that I did. Uh, every Wednesday, this remains the NBA show, which we are so grateful that LaughCast.com. If any of those guys are listening, Chris or uh, Jeff. Put us on uh, 17 episodes ago. This would be episode 18, if memory serves. And yes, it is. we were kind of in a jam then because we, at least I was under the assumption that another uh, distributor was taking our show. And I kind of thought wrong. So uh, if it wasn't for Chris, we might not have ever got this ball rolling. So we love those guys at LaughCast and check out all their shows. Uh, yeah, definitely. I didn't mean to joke, go right into a plug, but, you know, what the fuck. Hey, I mean, we got to pay the bills at the top of the program here. And speaking of paying bills, let's talk about our good friends at WowFreeCam.com. They are our main sponsor. They have been with us since the beginning. They are great people, and you should check them out. I know everybody out there is like, a cam site? You're going to plug a cam site? Yes, I will. Because I only plug things that I know. And every time I log on to that cam site, TR, there's only one thing I can say when I get on there. Knockers. That's right. What hey. knockers? There. I mean, you you just got to get on there and look. In no time, it's just going to be. I mean, you just can't stop yourself. It, it is what it is. But WowFreeCam.com definitely check them out. They are the number one adult entertainment site you can participate in. And when it says free in the title, it is free. So check out WowFreeCam.com. They are our sponsors, and we thank you for supporting them because they support us, and they keep this show coming at you. Also, we want to thank Chris Gola Concrete from Brookhaven, Pennsylvania. Check them out for any of your concrete needs. Just look them up. They're online. You'll definitely want to check them out. We have them in the liners of the show. So, TR, it's been a, a fascinating week, to say the least. What, getting everything launched here on Blog Talk Radio, getting all the shows, 
getting everything set up properly. It's been a trip. And you and Tim did the show on Monday, the hockey show, which is he's calling Wide Men Can't Score. Um, Take that however you feel. But that's the truth. And Tim's doing the hockey show. Looking for a co-host. If you're a hockey fan out there and you really dig hockey and you know your stuff and you're not a jerk, uh, hit up Tim. Tim Dombrova. Hit hit him up. And uh, maybe you can join the Wide Men family here as – you know, hockey, TR and I are not the hockey connoisseurs per se, but TR, I thought you did a fine job stepping in there on Monday with Tim talking some hockey. Yeah, I just have stupid, random Rain Man-like knowledge of uh, some names of the past. And, so, you know, so I could just uh, kind of BS with my old buddy Tim. But, you know, I quickly shifted to uh, talk about, you know, nonsense of my own life but um but i don't <laughs> want to go too up, much in go ahead the show ended up talking about jeopardy and talking about uh i, I did a two second run in there uh when i got out of school and you told a hilarious hilarious uber story that if you go and download wide men can't score from this past monday which was march 5th uh download that and listen to it. If you're listening to this show, you need to hear that show. If you're not a hockey fan, listen for the stories. The stories on there are fantastic. I listen to it as a as a person who's not a hockey guy, and I was thoroughly entertained. So I think everyone should check that out. They're going to be our, uh, I guess you could say, bro show, if I can say that, as Tim and the hockey guys are going to carry on the name there. So keep an eye out for that show here on the Wide Men Network as we are just expanding all over the place. Yes, uh, uh, mostly in the midsection. But, yeah, we are expanding. <laughs> um, and everybody out there has been uh, salivating over the thought of a wrestling show. You and I might do one together. We might do one separate. We, we're, we're still figuring it all out, and it's all because of our love of basketball, and it's that time of the year where all attention – Besides our love for NBA, goes to March Madness. So we will be uh, not releasing a definite schedule until March Madness completes or at least winds down a little bit. But we're definitely yeah. covering that. And, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit about it tonight and whatnot. Um, yeah, we're going to dive into March Madness tonight. It's been pretty shitty here in Philadelphia. The Nor'easter, or is my 82 almost, 81 point nine uh year old mother refers to it as the northeastern she uh, <laughs> just can't get that right and uh the first one knocked down a shitload of trees and uh we were without power for a couple of days and i'll tell you what nate you uh you you can do the show inside now you uh when we were at laughcast you went to your private studio which was your garage i believe correct Yes, it was my garage. It was a heated garage and air-conditioned if needed be. But, yes, I was in the garage, and most of the time I didn't bother turning the heat on for the um, hour and a half I was out there. So it got kind of cold, but definitely not as cold as what you all have been experiencing up there in the Northeast. Yeah. The Northeastern. And, and I, brought, <laughs> I brought that up because, uh, you know, things – i.e. lizards uh if you were telling the truth that one week and uh 
uh, mice, etc., could get in um, to your garage. And they, they you know, did. with all there the power. No... <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said that there was no lie about that. There were lizards. There were mice. There was everything out there. Well, yeah, I, I uh, my particular area, we, we're not, you know, infested by any means, but with power out and a lot of uh, cold critters looking for places to go, there was God knows what in here. And I'll tell you what, I freely admit I'm the biggest bitch when it comes to, like, bugs and fucking uh, mice and all that shit. I was slapping my ears, <laughs> slapping my head, and it was just regular. Like I had the fan on, and it was oscillating. Uh, oscillating. And if it would hit my hair, I would think that I had a bug on my hair because I couldn't see. And I was just slapping the shit out of myself, but just, just completely paranoid. Oscillating. That's so the, if, if, that's if, the best and line. Luckily, luckily we got a, a second dose today, and, and nothing, knock on wood, nothing went out. It's just a couple inches on the ground, so... Well, that's but good. Yeah. That's good. Couple inches, couple inches on the ground. That's what happens when you lay on your back, isn't it? Uh, no comment. <laughs> well, down here we got a little snow today. It was warm out this week. Uh, after the crazy, crazy week I had last week, um, my fiance Autumn uh, had to take her for a glucose test. She is not gestational diabetes, so that's good news for her and for little nature boy. So everything's good on that end. Um, the only thing that really bugged us was we had to get up early. <laughs> but other than that, uh, we we made it through that, and uh, her and the baby are doing okay. She's getting a little morning sickness for anybody that cares out there about that. Uh, big shout-out to Tim Dombrova coming through in the clutch. I just got four bags of Canadian all-dressed potato chips. Tim, you're the man. So <laughs> I'll just say that. You like, Way you to a man's tried. heart. The way to a man's heart is through his penis. Never mind. Uh, yeah, absolutely, but but yeah. What a budding um, romance I, there from uh, Canada and uh, West Virginia natives and friends of mine. He was hooking me up. He knows my birthday is Saturday, so he was being polite. And yes, my birthday is Saturday. This is my last show. This week, I'm assuming, as a 27-year-old, I will be 28 on Saturday, a brisk young 28-year-old. So, yes. 28. What in the fuck? <laughs> uh, I was 20 when your big ass came into this world. Yes, I think you I already had a fucking STD by the time you were born. <laughs> That's terrible. Now we're co-hosts. We're going to get signed to, like, Fox Sports, and I'll croak after, like, two days. Well, maybe I'll get a young, attractive female co-host when you croak. But nevertheless... All right, Colin Coward. <laughs> but nevertheless... You ever see that dude? You ever see Colin Coward on the video version of his radio show that, that uh, airs on Fox? Yeah, yeah. It's on, like, ESPN. Yeah, I see him. Yeah, I mean, he's... Sometimes I agree with him. Sometimes I doesn't. Doesn't. Don't. Um, that's just you know the way it is with talk radio. But when you watch sometimes a guy agree, as opposed to listening, doesn't. yeah. Uh, when you watch a guy as opposed to listening, it's just like he he's solo for the most part. He has the, the attractive blonde as like a filler a little bit, but it's pretty much all him. And he just 
rants about stuff, and then you see the creepy, weird looks while he's searching his brain with his eyes, like, shimmering back and forth, and, God, he's a creepy bastard, and uh, he, he doesn't really like Philly too much either. Yeah. Well, and he, does, he doesn't like, like wrestling him. either. He doesn't like wrestling either. He attended that L.A. shit because Fox might be, you know, interested in, in the rights to uh, WWE after the contract thing, yeah. but... Um, he doesn't like wrestling at all. But anyway, go ahead. You were about to make a point. Well, many many of those uh, sports types don't respect pro wrestling, and I understand that because they have no clue. Um, it's not something that you can respect unless you're around it, or even if you don't like it. Like, give these guys credit for what they do out there. Like, even if you don't like baseball, like I'm not a baseball fan by any stretch of the imagination. Never really cared to watch it. Don't even care to go to a game. But I'm not going to say baseball players aren't fantastic athletes and aren't amazing at what they do because they are. Sure. They're, could I do what they do? No. Trust me, I tried. In Little League, I wasn't very good. So it's just like you got to respect people for what they can and can't do. Now, do I need to respect Colin Coward? No, because I could do his job better than him. And I prove that week in and week out, as do you. But he's just got, I guess he's got a good name or something. I don't know. Um, beats me how these just, guys get on ESPN. It really does. Uh, they, just, they just wrote a little rinky-dink column before, it was, uh, before the industry, the demand and the supply and all that good stuff became uh, relevant. And anybody who yeah. wrote an article, they were just – that could talk for more than one moment got a show. So just a really network like that. that we're going to shatter. That's all. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, you talk about one thing Colin, I can say, Colin. one thing I can say, because I'll forget about it if I don't say it now is that when I worked for the Sixers in entertainment, uh, Stephen A. Smith was an inquirer writer, which uh, our buddy Keith Pompey does now. Um, yes. He met Keith probably did it with, Stephen A. too. I, I don't remember. I don't recall. But um, one thing that uh, stands out to me, he's very loud and very you know self-confident. Some would say arrogant. Uh, some like him, some don't. But I can tell you from back then when he was not making seven figures, when he was just a writer probably under six figures, he always wore a suit. He was always walking the way he walks now just it's kind of like fake it till you make it believe you're a star and you'll be a star i mean he was as advertised he was you know friendly he wasn't a jerk yeah. or anything but he was definitely you could tell he he had a presence and he had a self-confidence when he would show up in you know a lot of the media members and they'd let us or whatever watch the games from the tunnel and uh you know he he, he carried himself and that's you know, a big thing. If uh, if you want to be a star, you be a star before you're a star. You know what I'm saying? You, it's it's almost. Uh, I hate to you know uh, relate everything to pro wrestling, but it's kind of like living the gimmick. Like you know, you and I with this wide man can't jump, and uh, along with our uh, buddy Tim, who's been there since the beginning. Um, this is going to either take over the podcast world or get turned into a radio show. It's it's without question. I mean. We haven't even touched the surface yet because, uh, you know, a lot of the personal lives and things of that nature have uh, given us maybe uh, 50% of what we can offer. At When we're at 100% and we're, God, 
it's scary what we got planned, guys. So so come on for this ride. <laughs> yeah, get get on early because the bandwagon will get full. But it's almost the uh, dress for the job that you want, not the job you have. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like that right with on. Stephen A. And I like Stephen A. I may not agree with everything he says, but he's genuine, and I like that about him. And I like his radio show, so I can't I can't argue too much. But uh, speaking of guys who go on rants about teams, TR, what's up with those Philadelphia 76ers? You know, that's not as easy as a question uh, as it used to be in our first 17 episodes. They, uh, they're on fire at home. Um, I fully expected when Charlotte played them, considering they uh it was their first meeting of the year that Charlotte would keep it tight if not win and and my prediction looked pretty accurate they were up uh 3 quarters 3 and a half quarters of the game and uh the new um acquisitions uh Bellinelli Iliasova the uh Sixers Hawks connection um both those guys can shoot threes and uh both those guys are veterans. Both those guys are not from here. I don't know if it – do we have an American Sixer? But anyway, we have TJ and JJ. I guess that's our <laughs> – off the top of my head, I think, you know, they're like the only two Americans if you think about it. But, um, but yeah, they're, they're seven games over 500. They are, in my opinion, not a real threat unless they get that fourth or above to have a home – home court advantage uh some new news on markel faults i don't know if you got it down there um a lot of uh, reporters are allowed to you know take a little camera phone action or whatever with the shoot arounds and uh tj yeah. was playing some d and he was you know taking tj to the hole it's very loose practice shoot arounds but um take him to the hole duncan he was shooting a different than college and different than when his arm couldn't go over his head <laughs> jump shot and <laughs> and sinking sinking some threes so i mean i don't know the real deal because they are just such a uh from the ownership to the gms past and present are just such a tight-lipped group uh there's only 20 games less than 20 games i think 17 they should shut the guy down officially um, it's not like if you put him in now, it's going to do any good, but I guess if you could uh, not, you know, publicly, uh, get a firing squad for Brian Colangelo, they do not have anyone that can make their own shot. And for those who don't understand, if you watch James Harden, um, if you watch Steph Curry, they don't need somebody else to facilitate and meet them in rhythm to take their shot. They can dribble, penetrate, take a guy to the hole, pull up, take a jumper, whatever need be. And Fultz at 6'5", with a wingspan of 6'9", uh, if you want to say next year in his second year, maybe he'll contribute. What the hell? They're my team. I'm going to, you know, I'm stuck with them. I didn't want to draft them, and I proved that my point was correct almost to a, uh eerie, exact uh, premonition. But, you know, he's going to be 20. He hangs with the team, much like Ben Simmons did. Um, he'll be back next year, I, I assume. I wish they would just officially announce it and get it over with. 
and maybe he'll contribute and maybe he won't. But um, I would still consider it a bust because number one overall and trading a draft pick, you know, trading up. Jason Tatum has kind of tapered off a little bit, but he's still a very valuable player for Boston. So we got had, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, other than that, we were okay, man. Uh, Embiid's playing back-to-backs. He, you know, he looks tired in the second games. He looks tired in the fourth quarter a lot. But we got a good team. Um, I could sit here and really argue about that terrible word um, that <laughs> I, I found out through this show was not even created by Sam Hengi. It was created by uh, Tony Roten, a, yeah. uh, one of those process players, one of those uh, jabronis that came through this town and made, you know, four, four years of definitive losing. Uh, Brian Windhorst, the uh, ESPN analyst who basically was LeBron's, you know, I think he's one of your favorites, a heavy set uh, reporter, you mean, was interviewed you mean on Philly LeBron radio. Ball? Yeah, pretty much. Um, but he did ESPN make a good paid point. to follow LeBron? Yeah, that's the guy. Um, he did make a great point that, you know, the, the the Sixers went to the playoffs, won a playoff series when Derrick Rose got hurt, beat Chicago. They lost in seven. I escapes me who too. Six years ago. Um, so they were around six, seven, and eight back then with Andre Iguodala and, uh, yeah. you know, others like Thaddeus Young. So now six years later, they put the city through this excruciating process and everybody will bring up, you know, Joe, they got Joel and Dario out of that. Well, they also got Okafor, who's doing nothing with the Nets, which is a surprise to me. So I was wrong about him. Nick Stauskas came through by way of trade and uh, Nerland's Noel. And the, the list goes on and on and on of the failures and the awful, awful process. And the, the downright criminal and... I don't go race card. I, I don't like when people do, but the aforementioned Stephen A. Smith said if a black, and there's really no disputing this, if a black general manager, coach, combo, et cetera, intentionally lost for four seasons, they would not have a job. And that's indisputable. I mean, two seasons. I mean, now, you know, we got some time later to talk about the, the whole thing of tanking, but um, – They just don't have what it takes right now, and they didn't six years ago. So I don't see the big difference just because they have Embiid and Simmons unless they have in the current NBA. And we can go back to the Sixers that were the best team in team history other than 66-67. They got Moses Malone, i.e. the talk about getting LeBron James, or definitely a high-end free agent if not him. They need that third piece. They need the finisher, the closer, if you will. And Moses Malone put them over the top and got them to beat 4-5-4, as he predicted way back when. fo 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 was what he said. Uh, famous little, uh, you know, saying that he had in, like, 1983, I yeah. believe the season was. And, you know, that's exactly what they did back then. They needed a piece, and they went out and bought it. And they won a championship. And now this this city, half of them want it, half of them don't. Uh, that's why, you know, we got to be on here every week because this city, this market is full of fucking morons. 
there's, you know, <laughs> ten about, about ten people, about ten people that cover the Sixers. I respect, and you know, if you if you're on my Twitter at tr shock, and you see who I follow and interact with, you'll know who I respect and who I don't. And uh, that's about it. Six or seven game over five hundred. Uh, I think they'll limp into the playoffs. I don't think they're going to go up there to three and four. I think they're going to go six, seven, or eight. And I don't, without home field, home field, home court advantage, I don't see them winning. So, well, right uh, I don't know I'm if you want to ahead. save your, I don't know if you want to save your uh, team and just comment on what I said because we have a, a guest coming on later. But uh, you can take. Well, a, well right now. Um, I'm just looking at the standings as of March 7th. Um, Philly is 35-28. and 28. They are one game back of Washington. Washington and Indiana's one game, or Indiana's a half a game up on Washington. So they're a game and a half back of fourth. Um, they're only two games back of Cleveland. You know, Cleveland's in third at the moment. And then they've got a game and a half on Milwaukee, and two games on Miami. And Detroit has really been struggling. So Philly's almost guaranteed a playoff spot at this point. Detroit's playing Toronto tonight. That's going to be interesting to see if they can get the ship righted. And, you know, that was something that we could talk about later is Blake Griffin and going to Detroit and not necessarily riding the ship, but the Clippers have turned it on. But, TR, you watched the Sixers-Bucks game the other night. They played each other, and... uh I hate to say I told you so. I hate to harp on that I told you so. But for the air, for the people that didn't see the tweet or the, the statuses, what do you got to say about your good, your favorite guy, the Greek freak, or as I call him, Giannis and Antetokounmpo? What do you think of him? Well, um, I'm still not going to say his name right. I'll just I'll just call him Greek freak. It's easier. Most, um, most people do. But... You know, I've watched him on the uh, national games and the NBA package and so forth. But I can't say it's something, as you'll probably attest to with the Timberwolves, you don't watch as closely as you do when it's your team, you know. Yeah, you don't. Um, I watch every You watch, but you don't, possession. like, dial in. Yeah, I watch every possession. I make sure I see replays. I I watch who's moving without the ball all that kind of stuff that I hadn't in the past when uh, Giannis was playing against other teams. And quite frankly, he was um, not very heralded until maybe two years ago and into last year. I thought he was one-dimensional, a guy that's just long and athletic, and uh, I thought he was just a dunker. And another, uh, you know, saving grace for Adam Silver to try to market because the NBA is all about marketing and business, unfortunately. But to his credit, uh, backed up by some ESPN highlights that made me kind of bite my cheeks, so to speak, like, oh, shit, I hope Nate ain't watching this because I got to admit that he's, you know, drilling some threes and (laughs) taking some nice 10-footers and they're, you know, they're nothing but cotton. They're not just dunks. They're not just like a physical dominant person. He's a total package. He, you know, he's even playing D and blocking some shots and whatnot. And uh, 
you know, I don't want to say he's the best by any means, but he's certainly way better than I gave him credit for. He's, uh, I don't want to give him no, a ranking. Who the, who the hell knows? But he's he's definitely, let's just say, top ten easy, possible top five um, with a lot ahead of him. And I, and I must add this that a lot of people didn't really touch on that I noticed that game. Incredible play by the number two pick in the year that Embiid and Wiggins sandwiched him, Jabari Parker, who's injured both, or actually the same knee twice, I believe it was. But uh, yeah. if that guy can stay healthy, he can play, man. He can really freaking play. And those yeah. two together at full full strength is uh, is something, you know, that might be tough to beat, especially yeah, with Bledsoe and, and all that other shit. Yeah, I'm actually surprised that – them being the seventh seed and not living up to the hype because they've been hyped now for a couple of years of, because they kind of surprised everybody a few years back, snuck into the playoffs, and um, then they um, – excuse me. And then they, they try to get better and add pieces, and they're just not able to get over that middle-of-the-road hump. Um, Guinness is a great player. He he's fantastic. I think Jabari Parker's the missing piece, but he can never stay healthy. And they've got assets, and they can really make a run at it. This Bucks team can, I think, and I think they will. I think there's going to be a point where they finally put it all together. They got Jason. To me, Jason Kidd wasn't the right coach for them. They overachieved with him, and moving forward, you know, Greek Freak's going to be their leader. Parker's going to be. That guy that, if he's healthy, is going to contribute. Uh, Bledsoe, I think, has, is a nice piece. Uh, Boron, uh, Malcolm Brogdon is a good piece to add. Um, John Henson is good off the bench. Milwaukee's got pieces. It's just a matter of piecing everything together and getting a finished product. It's They're like a puzzle, and they're a puzzle that, that nobody's been able to figure out in terms of putting it together and getting them to play at that high level. But I think they'll get there. But as far as the Timberwolves go, we do have Dave Benz coming on. He is the uh, broadcaster, uh, the head broadcaster. He has been the voice of the Timberwolves since 2012. He'll be joining us in about a half an hour uh, at the top of the hour, 9 o'clock Eastern time, if you're listening live. He'll be calling in. We're going to talk to him for a while. Um, The Wolves, since losing Jimmy Butler, it's been a sad state of affairs. Uh, They've lost two straight. They were third in the West. And they're on a they were on a six they're off for six days. That was their off time. And then they have a murderous row schedule. Right now they're in sixth, tied with San Antonio for the fifth spot. Uh Oklahoma City's a game back. Denver's two games back. And our schedule T R is ridiculous moving forward. Um let me let me actually let me run this schedule for you guys out there that don't know Minnesota's upcoming schedule. They're back tomorrow taking on the Boston Celtics on TNT. Then on Sunday they are Golden State. They play Golden State Sunday. Tuesday, Washington Wizards. That's a top 5 team in the East. Then on next Saturday, Spurs. They play them followed by on a back-to-back on Sunday, the Rockets. That is the next five games for the Wolves. That's the next five games. Them boys boys better get a Jimmy Butler hologram or something. Like, something needs to happen because without Jimmy Butler, they are lost. 
They lost two games. They lose one to um, who was the team? They lost to Portland. And, you know, Portland's a great team. Portland actually right now is the three seed in the West. Portland's playing great ball right now. I mean, it's a two-horse hate race to, out hate west. To bring up, hate to bring up who brought up that uh, dark horse. You did. You did bring them up as Earth. a dark horse. You were dead wrong Earth on shelf. Zach Collins. However, you were wrong on Portland. I don't know about dead wrong. He's been getting more playing time uh, when you're not paying attention there, Big Nate. Uh, I'll have to go back and look, but... His numbers will, aren't zero, we'll zero, zero, zero anymore. Put it that way. Okay. Well, we'll see about that. I'll go. To, I'll get to checking eventually. But uh, you were right. They have been a dark horse. But how about New Orleans, the Pelicans? Did you see Anthony Davis' stat line last night? It was ridiculous. Uh, 40, I heard it on the radio. 41, I didn't actually see it. 41 points, 13 rebounds. New Orleans got better when up. Boogie went down. <laughs> Yeah, um, they. Uh, I really think. Go ahead. They have a guy who was here, who was not in the league for four years. We were talking about Miritich uh, going there, but Miritich, if yeah. that's the way you say it. But they got Amika Okafor contributing. Uh, he's yeah. starting, I believe, and he was yeah, here uh, with the Sixers early. Uh, yeah, he was preseason. Awful. I think he was. He was one of the final cuts. Um, you know, with modern medicine and the way they milked Joel Embiid's uh, two years and now they're doing it with faults and whatnot, and, uh, I don't know if it's working. Maybe, hey, uh, you never maybe know. I'll open my mind a little bit. Maybe I won't call anybody a bust just yet. But, yeah. you know, I w- I'm very surprised to see his contributions. And, and Davis, a lot of people... Uh, you know, I, I was skeptical of him, not of his talent. He grew up a guard and then just kind of sprung up to be a seven-footer, so he had all the skill set there already. But Oh, yeah. You know, it was constantly, if you wanted to start a franchise today, who would you start? And Anthony Davis's name would constantly come up. And I was just like, what's he ever won, dude? He's a kid. You know, I get the youth thing, but I would start with Duran or James or something like that. That was what I would say in the past, but... If he's carrying his team basically on his back to a four seed in the uh, traditionally strong Western Conference, he might be coming into yeah. his own. Yeah, I think he's getting there. And if he can stay, again, he's another guy that's the health reasons have always got him. But I think, T.R., it's time for the Pelicans to move Boogie Cousins. I think uh, strike by the iron is hot. You've got Anthony Davis who's, pick, who's picking your team up. Now, normally I would never, ever say trade Boogie Cousins. But look where they were, and look where they are now. The two-tower thing rarely works, The two center, playing two centers. It rarely works. Davis and Cousins are two dramatically different players who demand different things with the ball. If you can move Cousins in the offseason, because I don't think you want to move him right now, move him in the offseason, get some guards, because they are really lacking guard depth in New Orleans. Get some guards, get some players that can shoot, that can stretch the floor. That New Orleans Pelicans team could be a championship contender if they can do that. They've got Cousins. Now it's time to move him and make some trades and get some draft picks, get some youth in there. You know, they traded off a lot of guys that weren't working out for them. They got rid of Buddy Heald and everything when they got Cousins. 
if you can trade Cousins now and get, you know, a a solid player for him or a solid few players, I think you got to do it. Because Davis has proven he can do it on his own. He doesn't need uh, Boogie Cousins. And I love Boogie Cousins. Like you're you're not going to find a bigger supporter of that guy than me. But, you know, the proof, as they say, is in the pudding. Just watch them play and see where they're at now compared to where they were. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see where Boogie lands. I don't think his tenure there is uh, gonna gonna hold up either. And you, um, you, and you know we're I'd like to see. Here. We're not. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I'd like to see him. He's improved dramatically uh, because he has a great relationship with Davis, the Kentucky boys, yeah. and everything. And just probably you know uh, getting older. I mean, there was, uh, I think it was Duran who was taunting him earlier in the year, and he just kind of no-sold it. Um, the old boogie would be, you know, swinging elbows and dropping oh, yeah. bombs. And, and you know, he's he's maturing. He's got all the skill in the world to do a 40 and 20 whenever you want him to, whenever he feels like it, basically. Um, so I, I'd like to see him somewhere where they need a five. I'd like to see the NBA more competitive. It just seems like the same old teams are just, you know, I think this is the last year of the Warriors. Uh, it's too long to go right. to the Rockets right now. Maybe in the second hour we can talk about the Rockets a little bit. But I'm pretty sure this is it for the Warriors. And uh, there'll be a lot more parity starting next season, I believe. Yeah, I... I don't know if I can say it's the, that's it for the Warriors because you always got to account for them and they they've been there before. Houston's not. Um, nobody on Houston's team has experience outside of Harden of even touching the finals, and you saw what he did when he was there. And I think experience is going to play a factor. And let's be honest here: whoever wins the series, and and we all pretty much know whoever wins the series between Houston and Golden State that's going to be your NBA champion. That's the series that everybody's going to watch. Because, honestly, the East, um, love Toronto, love Boston, the East is not going to produce somebody that can live up to what those two teams are doing. The Cavaliers, they got better, but they didn't get that good. And I think it's just a matter of time. If LeBron doesn't make the finals this year, LeBron's leaving Cleveland, that's a fact. Even if they do make it and they don't win, I think he's leaving. And I don't yeah, think anybody he's, he's as good as gone. Yeah, and I don't think anybody's going to touch Golden State or Houston out west. It's just it's a two horse race. Um, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, the Wolves. I'm going to talk a lot about the Wolves coming up with uh, Dave Benz. I'm going to get a little rant out real quick before he comes on, and that is um, the referee Kane Fitzgerald. I believe was his name. Um. That dude is a punk, and he should be banned from officiating for good. He is terrible. I don't know if anybody watched the game. Minnesota lost to Portland, and then they went and played Utah a couple nights later, and that's the last game they've played. Uh, No Jimmy Butler. Butler's hurt. Carl Anthony Towns gets called on a flagrant. Now, here's the rule in the NBA in case you don't know this. If a flagrant foul is called on – on you, the player, whenever the whistle has blown. They called a foul on, uh, it might have been Favors or Gobert or somebody for Utah. I don't remember who exactly. They were jockeying for position. Towns was trying to post him up. He was on offense. 
incidental contact, Towns accidentally elbows the guy. Not trying to hit him, not excessive, not it, – it's just bas- – it's a basketball play. If you've ever played basketball and you try to post up, that's what happens. You're going to get hit with an elbow. Well, the guy got hit in the head with the elbow. And Towns, because the play was dead, they were going to call flagrant for him elbowing him in the head, which was ridiculous first off. But they called a flagrant after the foul. When the flagrant is called after the foul, it is a technical foul instead of a flagrant. That is the rule. So the rule was Towns gets a technical instead of a flagrant. Well, if you watch the game, the calls the officials were making were awful. They were calling everything in favor of Utah. And I'm not one to question officials in the NBA. They have a tough job, but this was, this was just ridiculous. You know, the T-Wolves guys couldn't get a call underneath the basket. Nothing, and they were just racking up fouls. It was it was absurd. And Towns goes up underneath. Gobert clearly goes forward with his arms, fouls Towns. Towns makes the shot. No call. No call, nothing. Referee uh, is standing there, whistling his mouth, just, you know, kind of staring off into space. Towns goes, where's my foul? You know, where's, you know, where's my foul at? That's what he said. I heard you could hear it plain as day watching it live. Official stops play, gives Towns a technical, boom, gone. Towns ejected from the game before the before halftime. So Minnesota's missing Jimmy Butler. Minnesota is now missing Carl Anthony Towns on a ridiculous call. Now the Jeff Teague foul late in the game that got Teague ejected. Completely understand why he was ejected. We'll not talk bad about the officiating for that. But that was ridiculous by half. I had to turn the game off. You remember, I messaged you, and I was angry that night. <laughs> I don't know if you remember the messages. But yes, I was angry. Yeah, I do. I, You know, you know my deal. I, I, I see them all at once kind of after the fact, but I got them. And, uh, yeah. Then I, then I checked out the highlights, and I understood what you meant. Yeah, I mean, it was just absurd. And think of it from a, ra- a rating standpoint. You are ES- – this is an ESPN game. With two teams, let's let's be honest here. It was scheduled like that because Towns, because as Rubio's back facing his old team, Towns is there, Wiggins is there, Butler would supposed to be there. Nobody's tuning in to watch a Towns Butlerless Wolves team take on Rudy Gobert and the Jazz. But don't get me wrong, nothing wrong with that team. They're a good team, but that's not rating. You know, does that make sense to anybody out there? Sure. <laughs> and I, I feel like ESPN was angry because Towns got ejected. And at halftime, you know, they even commented on it. That it was a little ridiculous that he got tossed. But, you know, what can you do? So, Kane Fitzgerald, you're on my list, pal. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, he ever I comes did, on, uh, give him an earful. I did reach out back early on in our venture to uh retired head of referees uh joe crawford who lives in the area maybe i'll explore that some more and just talk about refereeism some night um <laughs> you know now that we have a network so he can't say we you do. Know, if he were to say i am not uh available wednesday then i can say that's fine you can come on whenever you want and yeah, we can absolutely. always tape can... and all that other good shit too absolutely um, well, TR, before we move on to talk a little bit about tanking, which we may have to talk about tanking and then 
um, segue back to it eventually later in the episode. But you heard the message Monday. I heard the message Monday. If you haven't listened to the, the show with him, the end of the episode, there was a return of our buddy, in quotations, Frank. Before you, but if, if, if you're going to, are you going to replay him? I'm going to play it, yeah, because I want our listeners to hear this. <coughs> well, before you do, I, uh, <laughs> I, it made me chuckle a little, and I oh, was, yeah? uh, I was a bit confused, though, because I, I don't recall actually <laughs> referring to Frank as a jerk off. I, I don't know when that happened, but <laughs> if if he says it happened, I guess it did. I don't know. It, it, you did uh, our last episode at Laughcast. You did refer to him as that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, hey, hey, Frank, this one's for you, pal. So yeah, that, that's kind of what you referred to Frank as. Um, <laughs> He did not take kindly to it. We're going to play this now. Uh, We're going to play this clip. Uh, This is from Tim's cousin, Frank from Flynn Flon. He he gives you his whereabouts. Uh, He praises Bobby Clark, and he insults us. So take a listen to Frank, and we'll be back here in a second, and we'll get some reaction to this from TR and myself. So check out what Frank had to say. So, like, good day, eh? This is Frank from Flynn Flon. So, like, I'm up here in Tuk Tuk That's a web north for you dumb American types. And I'm uh, I'm on a safari with some real rich Americans eh, who think <laughs> that they're going to find Bigfoot. All oh, you Americans, you're so gullible, eh? You think you're going to find Bigfoot. So, really, like, all I'm doing is, like, driving my skidoo all day. And every once in a while, I'll break a branch and find some bear hair on the ground and go, oh, look, boys, we're getting close now. You guys are going to be the first guys to find the Bigfoot, eh? And they're so excited because they're so stupid. They have a Bigfoot. It's incredible. But anyways, so late last night, eh, I got the old, uh, the Wi-Fi is coming through pretty good because the Northern Lights ain't fucking it up like they usually do. And I hear my good buddy cousin Tim on the radio, on the podcast, and then I get to hear Tom Robinson slur the good name of Frank from Flintflon. I mean, the dude actually called me a jerk-off on the air, eh? I, I, okay, fucking gloves off now, boys, because this is going to start to get serious. Because Frank doesn't take that kind of shit from no hoser Yankee dude ever. So, Robinson, how about a little bit of this? Trust this process, eh? Do you like, like, cheese Swiss or your fucking processed scrapple? You're trusting the process all day long, baby. You don't even know it. Nate Bush, you sit there and giggle. Talk about the curling metal like that was something important. Good God, man, it's curling. We do that when we're drunk and bored. It's not any great skill to win a curling medal, let me tell you. Then you went on about... What was the other thing? Oh, the the, the medal in the hockey. Well, you know, if we don't let you guys win once in a while, you fuckers won't. You'll throw your sticks down and you won't come and play anymore. Because, hey, that's the way you guys are, because you're a bunch of crybaby hoser types. So now, while I'm ranting and raving, 
I'll go even further. My buddy Tim, Cousin Tim, got me to check on the status of that chip delivery, eh? And it says, delivery process. Process. Dig it, Tom? The process. There's process everywhere. I, ho I hope the Philadelphia 76ers get all the way to the final, and then they're forced to fucking play Markel Fultz, and there's like five seconds left on the clock. That two seconds left on the clock, eh? And the fucking ball is in Fultz's hands, and all he's got to do is like fucking shoot one from like three feet, and the fucker can't raise his hands, and he misses, and the Sixers go down in a fucking flame, and don't win the title. Oh fuck! Wouldn't that be awesome? And as for you, Nate, and your stupid Minnesota Timberwolves, you'd shit your pants if you saw a real Timberwolf, you fool. Anyways, no danger of them even getting to the title game because all they got is Jimmy Bandit Butler, eh? Guy can't. He doesn't even play. He might make it back for the playoffs. Oh, boo hoo hoo. If he played hockey, we'd have to... He wouldn't play hockey. He's too big a wuss. Oh, you guys, you're killing me. But so, on another note, Tim tells me that you've moved the podcast in another attempt to avoid Frank. Frank already knows where it is. Hey, it's up in that uh, blogtalkradio.com. Where the cool podcasts hang out. And where Frank is going to be there waiting for you guys gunning. So you better show up. You better be on time. Because you don't want to deal with these crazy Canucks. If I have too much time on my hands waiting for you guys and I drink too many beers, I might get pretty hyper. But then again, that don't really matter up here because I just go to the hospital. And they go, hey, Frank, buddy. And I go, hey, how's it going? Pretty good. And they go, pretty good, eh? And they give me what I want, and I go back home. And nobody gives me some ridiculous bill. And I ain't worried about my teachers not getting paid. Because up here we pay them, as you can tell by my brilliant and beautiful diction. And how eloquent I am when I speak, eh? And then there's Tom. Oh, I'm on a rant now. Fuck this shit. Tom. Tom Robinson. Thinks he's so big. Drives a fucking car up in Philadelphia. Oh, my fucking Eagles won the Super Bowl, eh? After 264 fucking tries. And finally, we had to cheat the Dallas Cowboys out of the title because, of course, it's the only goddamn way the Eagles could win anything. Yeah, that's how I said it. You heard me, Robinson. It's on. Call me a jerk-off on a fucking national podcast. White men can't jump. The other thing they better learn how to do is fight. Because them's fighting words. Eagles suck. Flyers, boy, they don't suck because fucking Bobby Clark rules. But anyway, 76ers, they blow. Oh, Philadelphia Phillies. Like, Phillies, isn't that like a chick thing? Like a lady horse is a Philly? What the fuck kind of name for a team is that? Ridiculous. West Virginia, I tried to find teams to pick on for Nate. You ain't even got none, eh? What is wrong with you hosers? Fucking, you better start up like Thursday night curling. No, wait, Monday night curling from West Virginia. Home of, of what, coal and uh, illegal stills <laughs> and hillbilly marriages. I don't know. 
So, Nate, I heard you put a bun in the oven, eh? Way to go, buddy. That's a move. Proud of you, boy. That's what a man does. Puts a bun in that there oven and then owns it, names it, calls it Nature Boy, I hear. Pretty good. I like that. But anyways, so, to get right down to the point, because I've been fucking really blabbering here, and I mean, the old lady is uh, telling me that the moose sticks is just about ready with the beers for the supper. So anyhow, uh, starting pretty soon, sometime in the first week of March, come on down to Blog Talk Radio. You're going to hear Frank, you're going to hear Tom, you're going to hear Nate Bush, you're going to hear my cousin, the great Tim, who's probably, without being any kind of a braggart, probably the greatest hockey mind who ever lived, except maybe for Bobby Clark, we don't tell him that, eh? So come on down, Blog Talk Radio, Wide Men Can't Jump. You want to laugh, you want to get facts, you want to get the real McCoy, you want to learn shit, you want to be bright like Frank, maybe you want to be a smart ass like Tom, maybe you just want to be a good-looking, beautiful, bald, inseminating machine like Nate Bush. This is the place to be. Come on down, we'll see you there soon. Later, boys. I'm out of here. Good day, eh? Well, there you go. <laughs> TR, thoughts? <laughs> thoughts on Frank well, I, uh I don't recall um, referring to him as a jerk-off, but it sure fired him up. <laughs> and, Boy, uh, did. <clears throat> you know, it, it's kind of typical of, of people that... Uh, hear me say a word or two or write a word or two that all of a sudden get uh, irrationally enraged. Um, he's, he wants to take the gloves off. He wants to uh, go mono on mono with uh, me mostly, a little bit of you, but me mostly, I guess. And, uh, you know, uh, at my age, I would uh, politely decline for an international uh, grandstand challenge. <laughs> an international incident. <laughs> Frank is a uh, a valuable part of the show. Uh, I'm not backing down by any chance, but uh, just making it uh, known that I didn't intentionally try to uh, enrage the, the young man up there north of the border. But a friend of mine got pissed off and uh he just kind of came through he's over here stopped in for a minute and he wants to talk to frank and say something i don't know hold on okay let's let him on what's he got to say are you a sissy <laughs> well Hello. uh that was uh that was the funker <laughs> i guess he was repeating what he he said to uh, Jim Cornette back in the day, um, I don't know why, you know, I don't know why he thinks uh, Frank's a sissy, but, man, you know, we'll you see, know, where, Terry, we'll Terry see Funk, what Frank comes back with. Terry Funk, uh, he's not one to be shy um, about about certain things, uh, that would be one of them, uh, call people a sissy. At least he didn't go after poor... Frank's mother, so we wouldn't have that. But you know what he how, how he refers to Canadian mothers, if you've ever listened to what he had yeah. to say about hell on heart. But uh, nevertheless, it's uh, so Frank, uh, welcome back. Glad you could make it in from Moose Country. Um, 
I heard they're eating moose steaks up there. I guess they've never heard of a cow or whatever. You know, those Canadians, TR, they're something else. <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, yes, they are. But they, they um, produce some damn good-looking women like Pam Anderson, Trish Stratus, even um, country singer Shania Twain. After she had the uh, uh, divorce, she got uh, her boobs done a little bigger yeah. or better or something. And, man, alive did she look good. Maybe I'll add her on well, Instagram. Not- I like adding I like adding the old broads that are like my age that are still hot. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> well, you know Shania Twain is the official, uh, her song is the official sponsor of the segment involving Karen, our resident uh, better, sports better. I I just figured out where you're going. Man, I feel like a woman. <laughs> yeah, Karen, Karen will be back in the future. Uh, you know, yeah, we, for we, sure. we decided to go every couple of weeks forever. Maybe we'll put her on another show. Who knows? Uh, Maybe. Wherever, you never wherever know. she best fits. We have a lot of freedom here at Blog Talk Radio. We have a lot that we can talk about and a lot we can do. And uh, we're patiently awaiting our our guest uh, on our format. We are going to talk about tanking tonight, so definitely don't touch that dial, as they say in radio don't, or you know television. Don't touch that dial because we will be talking tanking, and it is going to get heated. I can already tell you. And I'm going to go ahead and let Dave know that we're ready for him. Uh, Dave, we do don't again. call me Mercedes Benz. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Listen, I just got a Coca-Cola, oh, man. I got some uh, caffeine in me now. I was just doing the straight guy uh, reporter in the first yeah. hour. Now I'm uh, live in a couple. Sorry, you're late on that. I had my phone in my hands when you did that. I was a little late, but I... <laughs> a drummer's late on a rim shot. Yeah, yeah, it happens more than you think, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. But uh you know, it's good to have uh good to have so many listeners out there that have really let us let us know how we're doing and uh, we always get, you know, tweets. After a show goes up, we get a tweet or two from the listeners and we get some Facebook stuff and it's always good to have everybody let us know how we're doing and and TR, it's um uh, it's been uh, 18 episodes so far, so we're we're getting there. You know, I think we're we're starting to hit our stride, um, getting to know each other. But we're gonna keep this train rolling whenever, because uh, we're looking looking to get more guests. And uh, you know, we talk some Spurs, we talk some Bucks, we talk Wolf Sixers all the time. Um, let us know out there if you're listening. Let us know. You know, who's your team? Who do you want to talk about? Who do you want us to talk about? Who should we focus on one week? Because we got time now. We can go we can really look around the league at some teams and really dive in deep. And I think that's something we'll look into in the coming up in the future. So anytime we can dive deep into a team, really look at what they need to do. And also I want to go ahead and plug this. Uh Sunday. We don't have a time as of yet, but sometime Sunday. Look keep a lookout on Twitter. We will be having our special Selection Sunday show. TR, myself, possibly, I think Tim's going to jump on that with us. The brackets will be out for the NCAA tournament. We will have brackets ready to go. 
and we're going to possibly go ahead and fill our brackets out live that night. Do you think do you think we can do that, TR, maybe? Sure. We got all the time in the <laughs> world, and I just uh, – I think uh, the uh, Cinderella turned into a pumpkin, and Mr. Trey Young in the background just lost to Okie State 71-60. to They'll be a they'll be a tough team to get in there, man. They're uh, they they just kind of the bottom something. dropped out of those guys. Yeah, they really did. That loss to West Virginia, go Mountaineers, really um, started the beginning of the end for them. They really struggled since then. But um, yeah, we'll have went our special selection. Went from he went from MVP to NIT. It looks like <laughs> this Trey Young. <laughs> Thank you, thank you so much. I like that. That was good. That was good. But, um, yeah, we'll have a Selection Sunday episode going on. We're also going to get around to making a a brackets uh, pool. We want all the listeners out there, if you fill out a bracket online, get in our pool. We'll let you know next week where the pool is, how you get in it, where you can find it. We're going to have a... A contest. The winner will get to jump on an episode with us, TR. They're going to get to come on if they win, you know. So we'll see how that happens. I'll just mail but, in a tape because I hate talking to people. But no, I'm just kidding. Um, but right yeah, now, sure. ladies and gentlemen, right now, ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by the voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves since 2012. The host of Timberwolves Live, every time the game comes on, Dave Benz is joining us tonight. Dave, thank you for jumping on with us here on Wide Men Can't Jump. My problem, or my pleasure, fellas. Good to be on with you guys. Well, well, Dave, it's good to have you on here, and we appreciate you getting with us here on this show. As um, I'm Nate, and TR is my co-host here. I have been a diehard Timberwolves fan since I was 11 years old. And I really enjoy you as a commentator and love your work for the Wolves. And we just want to dive right in here with some questions with you. Jimmy Butler goes down. uh, Possibility he could return if the Wolves get into the playoffs. But the team really has looked like they're struggling as of late. What do you think it's going to take for the Wolves to get back into the rhythm of things and make a run for the playoffs so Jimmy can come back? Uh, I think the biggest thing is going to take is just time in terms of getting through this next little gauntlet of a stretch of the schedule. And we knew the beginning of March was going to be really tough and uh, it hasn't disappointed. You know, you go to Portland, you you lose a game that you led for three and a half quarters, and then you have the emotional night in Salt Lake city. And then you get the really weird part of the schedule with five days off leading up to Thursday's game against Boston. But uh, you know, there's basically six more consecutive games against teams with winning records, and you hope that the Timberwolves can find a way to win, you know, two or three of them. Uh, you know, you'd like to get greedy and say you'd want to win even more than that, but, I mean, you look at the teams that are coming up with the Warriors uh, after the after the Celtics game, and then you got the Spurs and you got the Wizards, and um, you realize it, it really is going to be a tough stretch, and you want to just try to – Try to come out with at least a couple of wins out of this stretch, and then then the schedule lightens up a bit, and you hope you get some luck on the out-of-town scoreboard. And I don't know about you guys, but I've been looking at the out-of-town scoreboard on a nightly basis, and every single night it has been horrible news for the Timberwolves. Uh, everybody that the Wolves need to lose has been winning and winning at a high rate. Uh, it seems like the, 
the Blazers and the Pelicans will never lose another game the rest of the year, the way things have been going. Um, the, you know, it, 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 so it, it, the bottom line is if they're going to break this playoff drought, it, it's not going to be given to them. They're going to have to earn it, um, and they're going to have to find a way to win a couple of these games. And then more importantly, when the schedule does lighten up, they got a clean house against the teams that, you know, they got two games left with Memphis. They get the Mavericks another time. You know, last night Denver did miss step against Dallas, one of the few scheduling, you know, uh, pluses that the Timberwolves have had on the out-of-town scoreboard. Um, so they they can't afford to to give away any more games that they should win. They need to win every single one of them. Yeah, Mr. Benz, this is TR here. I agree with what you're saying. We actually, uh, Nate went over the schedule coming up, and it's, it's absolutely brutal to have uh, your best player out during that stretch. But uh, NBA, anything can happen. You know, you've been around it so long you never know what's going to come out so you can't uh, assume that they will um, lose those games but I, I wanted to ask you something uh, a little I'm Philly based so the the idea for this show was uh, Nate and I had been friends and he was uh, a T-Wolves guy and I was a Sixers guy still am uh, both the, the case and we wanted to do this show. In our minds, it was the perfect year because both sides were the teams on the rise. And it's worked out so far but with, the, with the injuries and so forth. Hopefully Butler will be back. But um, I wanted to get into something about a T-Wolf uh, that I was going to get into last week, but uh, I wanted to bring it up to you to see if you knew anything about it. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns is uh, you know, from New Jersey, and – during the Super Bowl, he was on the field in Eagles garb, head to toe, and he says, I don't care what the people think. I love my Eagles. That was a shock to me. Is it, has there been any uh, – has he lived that down in the town of, in, in the state of Minnesota? Um, uh, you know, he, he took some flack for it. There's no question. But I, I think that the one thing you'll know about people from Minnesota is that, you know, they respect people that are true to their team – and then they're diehard fans. And so, yeah, right. you know, the, when the NFC Championship came to place and the Vikings were playing the Eagles, Carl Anthony Towns, he, he took a lot of heat by going out and saying, hey, I'm pulling for the, I'm pulling for the Eagles. And, you know, um, I, I'm glad the Vikings have had a good season, but I'm, I'm Eagles through and through. So, yeah, the people were disappointed to hear that. But I, I think there were also a lot of people that, you know, they can respect that. Hey, this is the – team that he's been rooting for his entire life and you know minnesota fans when they leave the state of minnesota and relocate somewhere else they're not giving up their fanhood they're still going to back the vikings and the and the timberwolves and the wild and the twins and you know whatever other teams they grew up rooting for so you know i think the number of fans that were put off by his you know devotion to the eagles was far outnumbered by the number of fans that even though they necessarily didn't like it, they respected it and they understood it. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I, I really did respect town sticking with his team during that stretch. Um, granted I've, I've been through the, the losing season. I became a fan of the wolves back when I was about, uh, 11, 2001 and we had some good years there for a while. And then the bottom just fell out for the fan base and, you know, here we were looking up and then Butler goes down. But um, I really hope we can end this drought. But the Wolves, um, they gave some away earlier in the year, uh, Dave. And 
I know you guys are there for almost every game, and I really miss you on the calls when you're not there. Um, but what do the Wolves need to do, do you think, in order to make sure they win at least two or three of these next few games? Because um, I don't think they can – I think they'll struggle on the back-to-back with Houston. I think that one's going to be tough for them to win. And then the Sunday game at Golden State – you know, I'm optimistic because they normally beat Golden State at least once a year. The year the Golden State won 73, the Wolves were one of those nine losses. So maybe I'm looking at the glass half full. I think they can get Golden State and in Minnesota. But uh, what do they need to do to better themselves as a team? Uh, they just need to be committed to playing 48 minutes on both ends of the floor. And it sounds so simple to say that. But, I mean, it really is what they need to do because they, they – have shown even with Jimmy out that they can be a pretty good defensive team and that they can play on both. The offense hasn't been a problem, even with Jimmy out. I mean, I'm not going to say that they're a better offensive team without Jimmy, but they don't take as much of a hit on the offensive end without Jimmy as they do on the defensive end. Um, But even with Jimmy out, the first half against Portland, they played terrific defense. Um, but they've just got to be locked in and they've got to be committed to doing it for 48 minutes. And, and that's why they kind of lost the game at Portland because they kind of let up towards the end and, and the Bla- they let the Blazers get hot. And next thing you know, it was a runaway train and they couldn't stop it. So they got to be locked in for all 48 minutes. They can't, they cannot let up at all. Um, but I think being at home is going to be a huge help, you know, and, and I, I'll be really surprised if they don't find a way. I don't know if it'll be the Warriors game. I don't know if it'll be the uh, the Celtics game Thursday night. But I'll be surprised if they don't win one of these two games. Um, You know, they've been such a good team at home, and it's been just amazing how different they are at home versus being on the road. So um, I think having a home crowd, having five five days off, I think they're going to come out, you know, loaded for bear against the Celtics here on Thursday night. I, I, I have a... I have a good feeling that they're going to they're gonna play really well against the Celtics. They played them tough in Boston, although obviously they did have Jimmy, but, you know, about a month or so ago they played them real tough in Boston. So I think that, you know, they they play a really good game tomorrow, hopefully find a way to win it, and then then maybe you get greedy against the Warriors. But uh, I feel like you can get one of, one of these two, and then you got a, the road trip coming up at Washington at San Antonio. you got to try to maybe try to take one of those two. And if you can go – you know, two and two out of those four, you're probably feeling pretty good because that's some pretty tough competition. Sure is. This is TR again, uh, Dave. I want to take it a, a little outside the box. I was uh, looking at your past uh, through Wikipedia and other sources. Uh, something that, that jumped out at me when you are in Northern California, you were uh, commentating on, as they say in America, the big four um, football, basketball, baseball, and hockey. I find that amazing. Um, Nate's 28. I'm 48. Um, Earlier in my life, I called some basketball. Nate's doing that now. And you just – it's amazing to me. What what did you find of the four sports? Is is there any more difficult, or if you're prepared and you know the game, is it just all the same? Well, to be fair, um, I, I did pre and post for all four sports. I didn't do play-by-play for all four sports. I, I have done play-by-play for uh, football, baseball, and basketball. And I guess technically my very, very first job I ever had in broadcasting, 
as a full-time broadcaster was back. I was a sports director for the ABC television affiliate in Utica, New York, and we did broadcast one minor league hockey game. So actually my first ever television play-by-play event I did was a minor league hockey game. But um, uh, I I will tell you point blank that I was, Awful. <laughs> like, I pretty I, I, I God that there's not a tape of that anywhere, and that it never surfaces. I was I was awful, and hockey is uh, like I know hockey enough to be able to do a pre and post game show, and I like the sport. And playoff hockey is amazing to go watch in person. Um, and you know, I mean, I know the sport well enough to to, to hold my own and, and have conversations about it. But um, I, I don't know it certainly to the degree that I know basketball. I'm not passionate about it to the degree that I am with, with basketball. Um, so it, it's, you know, hockey is anybody that can do play by play for hockey. That kind of blows my mind because it, for me calling an NBA game, you know, if it was you know, all of a sudden there's a transition going on and it's five different players on the floor, like guys are running off the bench. I mean, that, that just is a concept that, that blows my mind. So uh, you know the hockey guys, they uh, they they absolutely get kudos from me. I I feel like they, that is uh, probably the toughest of all the sports to do. Um, but you know football and, and and baseball had a chance to do both of those, and you know love love doing both those sports as well. And you know, but get, having a chance even as a pre and post guy to to work all four sports at the same time. You know, when I was in San Francisco, I, I, I did a little bit of filling work on Sports Talk Radio there as well. And for me, that was easy, that was easy because I walked in and I could, you know, talk about any team because I had to know about every team for what I was doing. And I, I haven't ventured into that at all here in Minneapolis because it's like I'm kind of a one-trick pony now. It's like I, you know, I know baseball and I know uh, football and I follow it on a fan perspective, but. I couldn't ever host sports talk radio in the twin cities and, and talk about the Vikings because somebody would call in and want to talk about the left tackle. And I have no idea who the left tackle for the Vikings is. And that's, and that's a really key, you know, important position, but it, it's just, I am so locked in on basketball and so focused in once the Timberwolves season starts on what's going on with, with both the Timberwolves and, and the NBA as a whole, that there's not really a lot of time for the other stuff. Right, I hear a great answer. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah, but uh, kudos to you for you know having all that. I could I couldn't even imagine, uh, especially what the point you made about hockey with the shifts. If, if basketball players were just randomly running in, that would be pretty tough to call. But uh, yeah, great answer, great answer. Hey Dave, we had uh, Jim Peterson on the show. Your play-by-play partner. He does the color with you guys. Um, we had him on the show a few weeks back. And we love we loved having him on. He was great. What's it like getting to work with that guy every game? Because I'm jealous, honestly. <laughs> Jim's the best man. He really is. We've become such good friends, and um, you know we hang out a lot off the court and away from the game. And when we travel to, to different cities, you know we'll go to dinner together. We'll go, uh, you know, sometimes grab breakfast, go golf occasionally. You know, and, and we sit by each other on the plane. So we're always sitting and talking about, you know, I, 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 we talk a ton of, you know, it's funny because it's, you know, you think that we talk for basketball for a living. So when we're together outside basketball, we wouldn't talk a lot of basketball, but we always do. We're always talking about basketball in some form or another. And then, you know, then we talk about life. We talk about our broadcasts and um, you know, pretty much a, a, a anything that you would expect. But 
he's just been such a great guy. And I, I've worked with a lot of people, as you know, you, you mentioned TR doing the four different sports. I've worked with a lot of different analysts, and I've worked with some amazing people and amazing analysts over the course of my career. Um, and, and Jim, hands down, is at the top of the charts. I mean, he he's fantastic. And the thing I always say is, that, you know, there's there's three things that I think make a great analyst. Number one is, do they know their sport? Number two is, are they good on TV? And number three is, are they a good person? And Jim has all three of those in spades. He knows he knows the sport inside and out, and he knows it from so many different angles. He's really good and really natural on TV, um, and he's a terrific human being above all else. So um, when you when you get those three, that's what makes a really good analyst. And unfortunately, I've worked with a lot of people who have two of the three. Um, you know, I've worked with some people who are really good on TV and they know their sport, and they are not fun to work with at all. And I've worked with people who really know their sport and are really good people but are awful on TV. So it's like for some reason the, the camera comes on and they turn into a deer in headlights. So, um, you know, it, it's it's interesting to, to see the differences in people. But when you get all three, it's, uh, you know, it's a home run, and that's what Jim has. Yeah, I, I, I can understand because Nate's an 0-for-3 guy, but he's nice, so I'm figuring <laughs> he'll, he'll get it together soon. Just kidding, big Nate. Just kidding, bud. Jim, uh, or excuse me, got me talking about Jim now. <laughs> but you guys are a great commentary team, and I, I love listening to you guys do the Wolves game. And you guys both bring so much to the table in terms of broadcasting and what you um, bring to the game. And it really helped. It really helped me understand the game better. Listening to Jim break it down and your play-by-play is phenomenal. You know the team better than I do, and you know that's that's hard to do. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> you know. I, as a guy that's followed him since he was a kid, you know, it's it's hard to know the team better than I do, but you're there, and you do a great job, and I'm so happy you came on the show with us uh, this evening, gave us some time. One more question from me, unless uh, TR has one for you. I saw you were on Pawn Stars with Shabazz's Shoes. How important <laughs> is that as an experience for selling Shabazz's Shoes on Pawn Stars? How'd that go? Because I've been to the, I've been to the well, place, but I've never been there with the the guys there. Well, again, that's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a misnomer because um, I what we actually did was I went there with the Timberwolves film crew when Shabazz was a rookie and he was playing at Vegas Summer League and we went to the store. I called their their media relations people and set it up and we went to the store and the old man was the only one who was actually in town because everybody else was in L.A because Corey was getting married and the old man hmm. left town yet to go for the wedding. So nobody else was available. So only the old man was there. And, um, but we went and shot the segment that people have seen online. It wasn't actually on Pawn Stars. That was, that aired on, on Timberwolves, uh, Timberwolves yeah. entertainment network. And it, and it ran on Wolves weekly and we ran it, I think on the pre pregame show for Fox. I mean, it, you know, it was pretty well viewed, but, um, it was not part of their show, uh, but it was it was a great experience to go out there. And the old man couldn't have been cooler. And he bought the shoes. And uh, you know, it's uh, I, I guess the the jury is still out on whether or not they whether or not they got a good deal or a bad deal. Unfortunately, it's it's definitely leaning towards a bad deal because I think they paid two fifty for them. Um, 
you know, but hey, I, I I'm hoping Boz gets it together in uh, Milwaukee, and he, he's a great he's a great kid, and uh, and you know, I hope he I hope he can get things together and revitalize his career. Yeah, I really right hated on. to see him leave. I really hated to see him leave the Wolves, but I, I understand his decision and the decision of the organization because I really liked him. I was I really hated to see him go. Uh, T R. Yeah, you I definitely hated that too. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, guys. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, that, 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 that was my fault. I, I lost my connection for a second. I was just going to say in closing before uh, uh, Nate probably says goodbye, um, I think it's about two weeks from now you guys are going to be here in uh, Philly. Our team is playing good at home. Um, I hate the word process. If you listen to old episodes, I don't want to go through that again. I was not a Sam Hankey fan, but <laughs> Um, you and Jim are such good guys. If I'm down at that game, I'm probably going to come offer you a beer, even though you can't drink uh, while broadcasting or something. I just want to thank both you, get, both great guys, and uh, thank hey, you for letting hey, us. If, some... if, if you're Go keeping ahead. one cold for us, for, for, if you're keeping one cold for us for after the game's over, we'll. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure we'll be happy to accept. All right, that's cool. Uh, hope, hopefully I'll, I'll say hello when I'm there. And, uh, you know, we beat you up there. And, uh, you know, if, if if it helps you and we're already doing better, uh, who cares? As long as we're both in the playoffs. <laughs> All right, well, I appreciate that, man. We need to uh, – we definitely need to get one back. We've not been good against yeah. the East this year, and that's been a big problem. Right yeah, on. you need to get one back. That game cost me my beard. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's a, that's another story entirely. Uh, but, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Dave Benz here on Wide Men Can't Jump, award-winning broadcaster for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And, Dave, thank you again so much for coming on the show and giving us a little time. And I know you're busy and you got the big game tomorrow against Boston, so uh, let's go Wolves uh, and let's get one. We need this one in a big time, you know. All eyes north. Absolutely. Let's do it. Absolutely do. All right, fellas, Nate and TR, it's been fun, man. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Thanks again, Dave. Anytime you want, you're welcome on our show. I appreciate it. No problem. Have a good night. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was Dave Benz with the Minnesota Timberwolves organization and uh, just a great guy and (laughs) one of my favorite broadcasters out there right now. I love Dave. Of course, I'm a I'm a little bit of a homer, so overlook me. But I love Dave; he's a great guy. Well, I'm, you know, after talking to he and Jim, um, those guys just seem like a lot of fun. And I'm going to uh, with the NBA package you have as well. I you know, I ended up buying it, even though I can't see the Sixers when they're blacked out on my shitty cable. But um, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed when you're watching the T-Wolves or whoever else, there's usually the the feed from their opponent and the team that you're watching. And uh, I'm going to make a point yeah. of it, you know, to uh, get their feed. And, you know, if, if they happen to be due, you know. Are, are they um, specifically the television, or do they flip-flop with radio or anything like that? Or No, they are television. They do every television game. And I'll be cool. honest with you, ma'am, you will not find two better broadcasters. Jim breaks down the game like no color commentator I have ever heard. 
and Dave is great play by play, and he knows the ins and outs of the team. Like I said, better you you think I know the team well. Dave knows the team better than I do. So yeah, sure. you know they're. I I won't argue that they to me they're the best team right now out there. I take them over you know even the national people, but of course I'm biased. So you know how that goes. Yeah, well they're they're definitely like you can just tell when a guy's you know they have every reason to uh, you know I guess I'm I'm phrasing this wrong, but you know some guys in their position have big egos and. You know, wouldn't uh, we're an upstart show and what have you, and uh, they just, you know, they're common. They're the common folk, even though they're brilliant and exceptionally talented. But they, you know, they took the gloves off and they had some fun with us for a couple minutes, and that's pretty awesome, man. So, thank them yeah. both, you know. And I, yeah, I, I actually am going to go to that game. Yeah, try and go to it and let them if you if you see them and you're able to speak with them, let them know Nate said hey because I will be out of town that weekend in North Carolina, um, but I'll be watching in spirit. So go Wolves, beat Sixers, damn it! All right, <laughs> so um, let's get back to what we were talking about. Well, we never did get a chance to talk about it. Tanking. Um, it's been a big topic as of late. Um, Mark Cuban got in a lot of trouble for saying that his team should tank and that they should lose on purpose, and TR has. No, a, they, mis- you know, he, they misinterpreted that. He said, listen, he said, watch this week's episode of Shark Tank. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was I was it. waiting for that. That was it. Okay, I, I'm here for you, man. But, uh, Thank you. yeah, Mark Cuban, uh, a lot of trouble for the tanking comments. TR, uh, they they didn't call it tanking in Philly. Uh, they so call it. Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> I snuck that in. I had to sneak that in. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, but they uh, <laughs> tanking has become an issue as of late. And I want to get your thoughts on what you think about teams lo- not maybe not purposefully losing because you can't have you can't tell a player to go out and miss a shot. You can't tell a player to go out and not play because you see these guys, they want to win because even if they're not supposed to win, they're auditioning for other teams in their minds, I believe. So a player is going to play and try to win. Now, organizations, on the other hand, they're going to try and lose by giving not the best team they can get, if that makes sense. So what are your thoughts? Uh, Go ahead. You're a pain in my my ass. You're a pain in my ass, Nate, because you're – I, I had that counterpoint ready, your little uh, amendment at the end, that really when Adam Silver, Mr. Uh, I'm going to uh, protect the integrity of the league, puts mm-hmm. out a memo or whatever he did to the players and coaches, it has nothing to do with the players and coaches. There's you know Like you've already said, they're not going out there and like, purposely missing shots you know they're competitive and you know that's their livelihood so they're not they're not going to suck on purpose and not you know catch another team's eye if you know there's a free agency and so forth but uh, ownership and general managers uh, excuse me and so forth can purposely like uh, that Sam Hinkie guy did and uh, this awful ownership group with Joshua Harris uh, anybody that showed any promise got dealt and for quote-unquote assets. 
So that's not the players, and that's not – I mean, Cuban is an executive. So, I mean, I guess he would fall under the umbrella. But he says so many goofy things. He's kind of uh, been less – I guess since they've been less successful just from bad personnel moves, it really isn't uh, necessarily tanking, and I don't think they were intentional. Um, I thought Harrison Barnes coming out of the uh, background of, of Steph Curry and, you know, Clay and all those stars out there, I, you know, and he's averaging like 18 points a game. He was a great player at uh, Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think they made some moves that other teams were thinking about. They went and pulled the trigger, and it just really didn't work out. They got Dennis Smith Jr., who we both like, and uh, – Dirk got old, you know. What are you going to do when the, one of the best players of all time gets old? So I, I just think that guy is so goofy. He's a dot-com millionaire, and but his personality's a little left field. I mean, Christ, he's friends with Kenny Bowen, for for God's sakes. At least that's what Kenny <laughs> says. So, so uh, are we. So what's that, what's that mean for us? <laughs> uh, we're all goofy bastards, and Kenny, Kenny would get a kick out of that. He knows I'm just busting his balls. but um, I know. But, yeah, um, tanking, you know, going through it when basketball is my number one sport, and it's hard, it's still hard to analyze Brett Brown as a coach. Uh, They they lead the league in turnovers, but is it his fault? I mean, they put together this, you you mentioned a puzzle early, like about the Bucks, I believe. It's a jigsaw puzzle, and it's just kind of like, you know, you finally get some rhythm, and then all of a sudden, you know, somebody goes down, and you're bringing in the two guys from the Hawks, who one was here before, and they're veterans, but, you know, it's just, it's tough. I mean, uh, Brett Brown can't, I mean, uh, he's not in any danger, I wouldn't think, anyway, but unless they lose every game the rest of the season, but he can't really be fully evaluated till next season, and um, tanking as a whole to get better, draft it's a it's a fucking lottery anyway i mean it's not like football where you're cleveland browns and you don't win so you get number one which you know i i kind of wish it was but maybe that would um what's the word i'm looking for um promote more uh you know um subtle tanking if uh if you will but yeah, I'm sure everybody plays hard, but, you know, the rosters end up with a lot of G League guys and maybe some injuries that are not really injuries. They're just a little sore become, you know, more pronounced than they would. And yeah. I just, you know, I, 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 I'm slacking this year, but every year I, I usually have my finger on the pulse of who's coming out of high school. Um, the top three guys this year are all going to Duke. Uh, yeah. Zion Williamson is the one that's you know I've been impressed with. He he has uh, the physical look. He's a left-hander, but he has the physical kind of a six-seven-six-eight kind of body that LeBron James yeah. had at that point. Big yeah, it's, he just stuff. needs to work on a jump shot. Well, that's kind of the story of all these young guys. Uh, the lack of fun. Yeah, I mean, if you don't have just, to, I guess if you don't have to jump, I guess it's not a big deal, but. For him, dude, I just see him going to the rim and dunking on everybody. And it's like, yeah, that's impressive, but you ain't going to be able to do that at Duke. You ain't going to be able to just go run and dunk on everybody. His shot's going to get exposed. If he doesn't have one, yeah. it's going to be exposed. Yeah, but anyway, I mean, tanking. 
<laughs> yeah, but it, it kind of all ties into who's coming. Like, you yeah, know, a, a lot of people are, are high on Bagley, and, uh, you know, he's he's actually, you know, with that reclassification and all these crazy things that they're doing now. Um, you know, he's supposed to be in 12th grade, and he's playing for Duke. And it's just like, you know, I, I, in the player's position, I, you know, it's cool. Come out and, you know, set yourself up for life unless you're – Antoine Walker, but uh, anyway, Telfair, but you know, <laughs> yeah, some guys don't, you know, but I'm not one to talk. I'm not very good with uh, money, even though it's a lot less than theirs. But however, uh, you know, you got Bagley and you got this uh, Michael Porter Jr. was highly touted going to Missouri and he got hurt all year. And other, you know, every mock draft has these guys. And I mean, what are you tanking for? You. Even Trey Young, who we talked about earlier, he's dropped off. I mean, there's 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 not many can't miss people anymore that are just sticking out like a sore thumb. Yeah, that's the thing too. Is like if you're gonna tank, if you're gonna if you're gonna set your organization up to lose, you have to have perfect timing because you like look at it this way. The year that Cleveland, the draft Cleveland had, where they got Anthony Bennett as the number one pick, who like they, I don't think they tanked. I really don't. I think they were just bad because that was LeBron wasn't there. They were recovering, and you know, as far as I'm concerned, and I'll always believe this way. People can argue with me all they want. The um, the league, the lottery, it set them up for that pick. I'm sorry, like. LeBron left them in a bad way. Somehow they're able to get like three of the next four number one picks overall. Like that's not luck, ladies and gentlemen. There's something there, and I think the league wanted Cleveland to get better after the way LeBron dicked them. But I'm a conspiracy. Kyrie was one of them. Your boy Wiggins was one of them before the trade. Yeah. Well, that was when LeBron came back. So if if LeBron doesn't come back, they get Wiggins, Kyrie, and they have Anthony Bennett. Now, granted, how good does that look, Anthony Bennett? He's a you know he's a bum, but in that draft, I'm looking at the picks from that draft. All right, Anthony Bennett number one. Nobody wants. Yeah, not even I in the league. Ask you, I was going to ask you if you had that handy. Let me let me I do, hear I these do. names. Anthony Bennett, Victor Oladipo, all star now, but not an all star. Like this is 2013. Oladipo went two overall. He did. He did. He went two to Orlando, well, but he didn't develop until he left there. I can. I can. I can. I can. Uh, before you move on, I. I can. Um, when you got Lady Gaga trying to sing with you, uh, I can kind of see Anthony Bennett being uh, sidetracked a little back then. But anyway, well, I watched him uh, play take... in Minnesota. It wasn't pretty. <laughs> okay, uh, number three in that I draft. I think was that joke court. went right over you. I think that joke went right over your head. That's for the older, elder statesmen of our audience. But uh, yeah, I mean, no that. rim shot for that. Number, uh, let's go back to number three because I was, I was yapping. There you go. All right, Tony Bennett. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. My yeah, okay. I no, left my, my mind for I, for that joke. I left my mind apparently down the road. He left his heart in San Francisco. Uh, anyway, auto. Hey, you know what they say, you know. All right, tip your waitresses, be here all week. Try the veal. All right, uh, Otto Porter Jr. goes number three 
to the Wizards. He has, you know, he's panned out no. okay, but not a guy that I'm going to tank he's for. He's just okay. You know, not a he's guy. Okay. Cody Zeller goes to the Bobcats. Uh, no. Alex Lynn goes to the Suns. No. Uh, then Nerlens Noel goes to the Pelicans, who trade well, him to Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah. Then no. another another guy that really underachieved, Ben McLemore, uh, to the Kings. He's a great rapper. Here's another guy. White guy. Oh, get Jesus God. <laughs> uh, that that joke's not even true because I hate that guy. You're not getting a rim shot. You're getting this. Good, because I hate Macklemore anyway, but go ahead. I'm with you. Contavious Caldwell-Pope goes to the Pistons at number eight. Uh, Trey Burke is drafted by the Wolves and traded to Utah. Um, I'm not seeing anything here, TR, in the first nine picks that warrant tanking. You know? Um, Michael Carter-Williams gets drafted by the Sixers, who they trade eventually. Um, And I thought they got rid of him way too soon, personally, but um, I liked him. Uh, number 12 bullshit. Steven Adams goes at 12 from New Zealand. That's the best pick so far. Uh, actually I skipped number 10. I skipped number 10, number 10 and number 15 in this draft were the best picks of the draft. Number 10, CJ McCollum. I think, uh, McCollum Ah. was a good pick. The Blazers really got a diamond in the rough there at 10. Yeah, that was good. Uh, that was good foresight on their part. Yeah. Well, they did the same thing with Lillard. Like, McCollum went to Lehigh, and mm-hmm. Weber State was Lillard. So, Portland really knows how to draft. Portland, Oklahoma yeah. City, guys like that, they know how to draft. Uh, Kelly Olenek goes at 13 to the Mavericks, and they trade him to Boston. Uh, so, they got what they paid for. Uh, He's Shabazz got a Muhammad. great double wrist lock. Yeah. Good man, you and these jokes. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's, there's no there's no real quality basketball to talk about these these individuals. I got to make something. That's out true. Of it. That's true. Shabazz Muhammad goes to the Timberwolves after the trade, the Jazz and Wolves swap picks. Um, wow, so he, he's been Muhammad mentioned on our team. He's been mentioned here more tonight than probably ever in the history of podcasts. Yeah, I know. All right, here comes the best pick of the draft at fifteen. So this proved right here, this is right near the lottery, right near the end of the lottery. You know who 15 was in this draft? No clue. The Greek Freak. The Milwaukee Bucks select the Greek Freak at 15. Wow. Yeah. I mean, there's wow. some more notable guys that get taken away. Dennis Schroeder, Tony Snell, Gorgie Jang, Mason Plumley, Rudy Gobert went at 27. Um, yeah, turned out yeah. a great player. Yeah, I mean, there's been some – you can get good players later on. It's just when you tank, you're wanting immediate impact. If you're going to tank and you don't get a top three pick, was it worth it? No. That's my thing. Like, I think – It's not, it's not you, worth it. We as fans – and we as fans look at tanking and we say, you know, even me, like, I, if my team is not going to make the playoffs uh, – then I'm, then I don't want them to be mediocre. I don't want them to get the nine seed or the ten seed. But I don't want to watch my team not at least try. Does that make sense as a fan? Like you don't want to Fuck watch. Fuck yeah, your team I live die. in Philly. I, 
shit. But like, you don't want to. <laughs> they had ten wins for Christ's sake. <laughs> it got me. <laughs> but you, you don't want to watch your team struggle so much, and then maybe get somebody. That's that's the problem with with the tanking, like. You're not guaranteed to get somebody. Yeah, you think you will. Like Minnesota, they didn't tank. They were just a bad team. And they got Carl sure. Anthony Towns. And they traded and got Andrew Wiggins. And they've made good moves. They made a trade to get Jimmy Butler. And they've gotten better that way. You have to you can't just use the draft to get better. You have to get young talent that you want to surround with a veteran presence that's going to help lead that young core. Because a young core in the NBA is not going to get you far. You can have, nope. like, I, if you'd have had LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony their first year on a team together, they might have made the playoffs. You know what I mean? They might, they might have made it. They were not going to win a playoff series. They were too young. Unless they had yep. veteran leadership around them. That's a part of growing in the league, and that's a part that people don't look at. It's like, oh, well, we're going to trade away these veterans here, and we're just going to get a bunch of new guys coming out of college or coming out of, you know, overseas. Well, that's all well and good, but look how it worked out, how it works out for you. So tanking. Well, actually, in, LeBron, in LeBron's case, he did okay, you know, but I see what you're saying. He won rookie of the year, but the Cavs didn't make the playoffs. Um, they didn't. They did not make the playoffs. At the end of the year, what, everybody what, was sitting what around. Year, what year did they make the finals against San Antonio? I'm, it wasn't his rookie year. You sure? I'm positive. Because his rookie year, he didn't make the playoffs. I'm positive it was of that. Very, it was very early on. Well, I'm not saying LeBron's not. Look, LeBron James is a great talent. He's he's the best player of our genera- my generation, at least. Um, hold on. I'll, I'll look it up here. I'm going to look this up. I'm going to get 2004 NBA. Uh, playoffs? Playoffs? Yeah, I'm looking it up. Uh, 2004. Indiana beat Boston. Miami beat New Orleans. Detroit beat Milwaukee. New Jersey beat New York. There you go. And that's Because I remember that because that was the year Minnesota got the one seed and lost to the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. That was LeBron's rookie year. Must have been year two. May have been year two. I'll check year two. So, 2005, NBA playoffs. I will check this for you. Just for you. Nobody else. They didn't make it in 2005 either. They didn't even make the playoffs. No Cleveland. Mm. They did. Just for they shits and giggles, make... look at 2003. In case it's. Let me look at 2006. Hold on. 2006, they were the four seat. LeBron didn't come out to 04, man. But I'll look. Uh, playoffs? Week. Playoffs? I did not mean to hit that. <laughs> All right, 2003. Detroit, Orlando, Philly, New Orleans, Indiana, Boston, New Jersey, Milwaukee. The finals that year were San Antonio, New Jersey. Third year, huh? Seemed earlier than that. So, 2007. I'll look at it again. 
Cleveland was the two seed, and they made it to play San Antonio, where they were swept in 2007, LeBron's third year in the league. It took LeBron three years to get the Cavs to the playoffs. Granted, when he got them there, they went all the way to the finals. So, you know, tanking, even if you would have gotten LeBron James, TR, for tanking, if you would have tanked and got LeBron James with this method here, it took three years. So, really, tanking, like, the Sixers are back to where they started from now. It took them six years to get back to where they started from. So, is tanking yep. really that effective? Nope. Because you, you could never be 100%. That's, that's yeah. the argument that we at Wide Men Can't Jump are making. So, I mean, and just, just uh, do your fucking homework as GMs. And, yeah. Uh, and, you know, like Portland. you. <laughs> like, yeah, be a Portland. And as you said, uh, which is really mind blowing considering I just uh, admitted to his greatness that the Greek freak was picked 15th overall in the, in the year that Anthony Bennett was picked number one. That is just, uh, yeah. Insane. Like, uh, I mean, I'm sure his body must, you know, probably develop more and all that, but wow. You can go back and look, there are so many drafts you can look at to see where guys went wrong of course, the LeBron draft, you know, that, that one's a classic. LeBron goes one, Darko yeah, Milicic two, right? two. I mean, that, that's probably three, the most right? famous. Uh, yeah. Anthony goes three, Wade goes four, Bosch goes five. So, really, I mean, if you look at even that draft, I mean, when you draft, you got to do your homework. you got to do your homework, kids. So, you know, Portland seems to get these mid-majors that know what they're doing. They find these diamonds in the rough. Had you heard of Damian Lillard before he went to Portland? I hadn't. And, I, you know, I follow the game. You follow the game. I'd never heard of Damian Lillard. I'd never heard of C.J. McCollum. Never heard of these guys. And look what I, they've done. I may, I, I, I'm not even going to say definitively. I may have, uh, at Weber, heard of uh, Lillard, but I definitely didn't hear of McCollum. For sure. Oh no, um, no. You know, and I, I, I thought he was actually somebody else until you know that that's how little I knew about him. Um, so, yeah, Port, Portland, whoever that guy is, I'd rather have him than uh, yeah, you know, our guys. Yeah, and he, uh, it, it, it seems like he's a dude that knows talent, and he knows if you got any Portland listeners out there, if you're a Portland Blazers fan that really knows the the league get in touch with the show because we really I, we really need a guy from Portland TR. We really need a a person that knows the Portland Trailblazers because they're an interesting case. Um, so get in touch with the show. But anyway, before we uh, call tonight because we got about uh, probably about ten minutes left of good talking time, uh, we've got the NCAA tournament coming up soon. Uh, conference tournament play has started. Virginia Tech lost tonight to Notre Dame. In case anybody was wondering about the ACC tournament, there was there's been a few games today, um, but right now I'm just going to run through a quick list here because there's a few of teams that have punched their ticket and are on their way to the NCAA tournament. Uh, the Atlantic Sun Conference champions Lins- Lipscomb fought off uh, 
Florida Gulf Coast in a comeback attempt by them. Radford hits the big shot in the Big South Championship to move Louis on. Sp- so, Louis Spicoli's favorite team. Really? I didn't know that. No. I, I really didn't know well, that. It isn't. Oh, what Brad, was his Brad, gimmick? Get the, get the... Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, God. Get out. It took me a minute. I hate you. All right. The Big Ten was won by Michigan as they beat Purdue. Uh, Penn State knocked out Ohio State early in that one, so Michigan wins the Big Ten. They beat um, uh, they beat Michigan State along the way too. Who not many people they did. did this year. They did. Uh, the Colonial League Charleston wins there. Horizon League Wright State is in. Uh, the MAAC Iona won that one. The Mid Missouri Valley. Loyola from Chicago, they're going on. Northeast, LIU Brooklyn is in. Ohio Valley Murray State won that one. Southern, UNC Greensboro has qualified for the tournament. Summit League, North Dakota State wins. And the West Coast League was won by Gonzaga. So those are your automatic bids thus far. Probably not any teams that anybody's going to have going too far. Maybe Michigan Maybe Gonzaga, but uh, the rest of them, you're going to look at lower seeds. They, but you never know; these teams could pull off the upset this year. There's it's that, possible. There's that. There's that one that uh, stood out when you read it. That you know, every once in a while, when they get in, they do some damage, and that's Murray State. Murray State is known to do that. Iona normally is a 14. I always see Iona at a 14. You never know what they can bring to the table, and. Radford is coming off a high, huge win. I don't know if you saw that buzzer beater shot that they shot to win that game, and it that place erupted. The first real March Madness moment was Radford's win over – I don't even know who they beat, truthfully. <laughs> I, didn't, yeah. I just heard it. I just heard it. I didn't get to watch it. But uh, Radford, big win for those kids and good for them. Uh, the Big uh, Big 12 tournament started today, as did the ACC tournament. So we're going to have some uh, some answers going forward from there. Get uh, we got a few tournaments winding up this weekend. Let me see who we got here. Um, the ACC's in the second round. The Atlantic 10 is still in the first round. Of course, we got the Big East tournament, which used to be the greatest tournament ever. Um, TR, you being from Philly, you probably know about the Big East tournament. Do you remember when the Big sure. East tournament was Kansas? Sure, before you were born, it was oh, uh, man. incredible. Go ahead. You had the, you know, the Lou Carnesecas of the world from St. John's, and uh, you know, just uh, yeah, incredible uh, stuff in the uh, Jim Beheim. Six overtime. He was. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, six overtime uh, game between UConn and Syracuse and Kimball Walker taking over at the Garden and just, you know, so many memories from the Big East. And I really hated to see that it's a shell of its former self, but, you know, what can you do? Uh, it's a great 30 for 30 on the Big East, by the way, if anybody hasn't seen it. I, I highly recommend you check it out. Really good stuff there. Um, so we will have a Selection Sunday show coming up uh, on Sunday. Uh, we may shoot for a late show on that one, TR. I'm feeling a late show. Instead of getting it as soon as the brackets come out, there's a, uh, of course, there's a pay-per-view, a WWE pay-per-view that night. Um, and, you know, everybody knows we're wrestling fans. We watch the current product. Uh, we may bitch about it a little bit, but, you know, we watch. 
and it's a, and it looks like a good card. So I'm looking forward to that. So we may shoot for an 11 o'clock start time. You got to go to bed early that night. Don't worry about it. We'll have it up Monday for you. We'll have all things college basketball on Monday. I'm hoping we can get a me, you, and Tim in on that one. If that would be cool with you. Yeah, I mean every Sunday, probably all three of us will just have the, uh, you know, this this week there'll be a, a set topic, but it'll it'll be kind of a crash and burn week in review kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah, and we're gonna have a uh, NBA or a, we're gonna have an NFL draft special talk coming up in uh, the next few weeks as well as there's a lot of uh, questions to be answered. Did you see the trade your Eagles made today? Um. I actually saw it on a scroll underneath the uh, the basketball that I got on in the back that they picked up Bennett. Huh? Did they, who'd they get rid of? Yeah, draft pick. Uh, that I'm that I'm not sure. Honestly, hold on, I can find out. Got a minute here. Uh, let's see here. Rams made a trade today too, but Eagles get Michael Bennett in a trade to the Seahawks. I don't know what they gave up, but I'm going to try and find out for you quickly here. Only got a few minutes left. Uh, trading a defensive end for a seventh and a seventh round pick to the Eagles for a fifth round pick and wide receiver Marcus Johnson. So mm. there you go. Not a bad good deal. Move, bad uh, seemingly seems no, like a good no, deal. Not on paper. I think it's a pretty good deal. Um, I mean, as far as Eagles go, to, to, to get off topic for like one second. It's like now that 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 monkey's finally off our back. I mean, uh, the, these sports hosts around here just try to make something out of nothing. Are we going to trade Nick Foles? Are we going to do this? Are we going? You know what? Just enjoy the fucking moment for uh, like a week. You know what I mean? I mean, it's been a month, but just yeah. enjoy the moment. It was. It's forever. You know, and uh, well, whatever. Yeah. But they don't get paid to do that, though. You got to remember that. Yeah, they get paid to say a idiotic topic that the morons owe plenty just talk about over and over and over and over again. That's why I yeah. flip to the AM station and listen to the national radio programs. <laughs> but, I got you. Hey. But uh, anyway, we've got about three minutes left, and I'm going to hit up our outro song. Uh, we want to thank everybody for tuning in to Wide Men Can't Jump. This is our two-hour show. Two hours we went tonight, TR. Dave Benz was our guest, and... Uh, Hope everybody enjoyed it. We actually didn't get to everything on the format like I thought we would. I thought we were going to struggle to fill time here, but two hours went pretty quick. Yeah, um, pretty good, uh, pretty good debut. I like uh, I like Mr. Benz a lot, and yeah. uh, you know, in other weeks I'll have a little more energy. It was a snow day today where I was out working all day, but uh, yeah, I'll be sure to be stupid in the in the weeks to come. Yeah. We want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. Check out our sponsors at wowfreecam.com. They are our main sponsor. Also, thank out Chris Cole, or check out Chris Cola Concrete. If you're in the Brookhaven, Pennsylvania area for all your concrete needs, Chris Cola Concrete, check them out. Licensed and insured. Again, wowfreecam.com. Definitely check them out, too. When you're done with wowfreecam, you will be saying, What knockers? And possibly making this noise. So enjoy Wow Free Cam and show them some love over there, guys. They do great stuff. Um, if you like titties, man, that's the place to go. <laughs> that's just the only way I can put it to you. Check them out for sure. 
You can follow the show at Wide Men Can't Jump. Uh, you can check us out at Wide Jump on Twitter. We are Wide Men Can't Jump on Facebook. Check us out there. You can add TR or myself on Facebook. I'm Nathan Bush. He is Thomas Robinson the Third on Facebook. Follow him at TR Shock on Twitter. Follow me at MMITM Nathan on Twitter. This episode will be available on all formats, iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, Flash FM, and all those sites that you love to download so well. Our show will be available. So make sure you check us out on there. And we're here at blogtalkradio.com slash jump. This is our home. This is where our show will be. And there'll be shows randomly all the time. So everybody check out the shows. Enjoy them. Uh, we have had a blast tonight. We will be back for selection Sunday, uh, for college basketball. And we will be here next Wednesday. Wide men can't jump flagship show. TR, anything else you want to plug? Uh, I had something in mind and then I, it, it slipped past because you were doing the plug so eloquently yourself. So I think we're good. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, at our TR outro Shock. song. That's all. Yes, at, at TR Shock. Our outro song is by Mr. Sheldon Vance. He is a local artist from West Virginia. It's off the album Logan County Rejects. We're going to play the full song right now. Check him out, bandcamp.com slash look up Sheldon Vance. This one is called Keep On Talking by Sheldon Vance, guys. For Nate and TR, thanks for listening in. Everybody have a good night. We know the road that we choose to walk on is paved with sacrifice. We walk down it with our heads held high, we never look back or think twice. You resent us cause we made the choice you were too afraid to make Do it all we keep moving forward while you're standing in the same place Keep on talking Cause that's all you'll ever do And we'll keep walking Until our journey's through You're a coward and a fake You're bitter just so no way We'll walk the walk And always prove you wrong So keep on talking Yeah, keep on talking We know that words are time a dozen But actions don't come cheap to lie and deny what you want Than to ever admit you're weak Like my buddy Ian said In the song that he sung You tell me that I make no difference What the fuck have you done? So keep on talking That's all you'll ever do And we'll keep walking Till our journey's through You're a coward and a fake You better lie, just hold no way We'll walk the walk and always prove you wrong So keep
Take us home, T.R. That was a great song, and peace out.